0: I told my daughter, Darcy, I'd been convicted to take more seriously the injunction to love our enemies. But suppose, I said, a neighbor comes roaring home daily at 3 a.m. in his 1955 Chevy with dual glass pack mufflers. And suppose when I ask him to quit roaring, he only says, you think I should walk? And then he laughs and slams his door on me. Now, my question is, what does it mean to love him? If I act like his friend the next time I see him, he might interpret that attitude as approval of his behavior. Darcy said she believes loving your enemy means doing your best to understand him by considering the things that might have caused him to act like a jerk. An ethicist or theologian might call that interpretation of love overly simple. Still, it's useful. Most often, if we can understand what fears and insecurities could lead somebody to offend us, we'll let go of a grudge and be healthier for it and not act rashly or against the person. We can apply this sort of love to our characters. Read any Dickens novel, and you'll notice that with few exceptions, the author appears to have a deep sympathy for all his characters. He relishes their uniqueness and does his best to present their quirks and motives in ways that make them come alive and that remind us to beware of passing judgment. Flannery O'Connor was one of the great originals. She could be honest, profound, and outrageous all at once. So I value her opinion more than most people's. In Mystery and Manners, a book of her essays, she proposes... If writing is your vocation, then as a writer, you will seek the will of God first through the laws and limitations of what you are creating. She explains, if the writer's attention is on producing a work of art, he is is going to take great pains to control every excess, everything that does not contribute to this central meaning and design. He cannot indulge in sentimentality in propagandizing or in pornography and create a work of art, for all these things are excesses. They call attention to themselves and distract from the work as a whole. At first, this appears to contradict the contention of novelist Friedrich Beekner's that The Brothers Karamazov is a book which just because Dostoevsky leaves room in it for whatever comes up to enter, it is entered here and there by maybe nothing less than the Holy Spirit. So which are we to trust, O'Connor's attitudes or Dostoevsky's? Ms. O'Connor contended that writers ought to push their talents to the outermost limit of the kind of talent they have. If we presented her with Beekner's assessment, I can imagine her reminding us that we are not Dostoevsky. He had its limits, we have ours, and a crucial part of our task as writers is to define them. Modern writers, she argues, are not content to stay within our limitations and make something that is simply good in and by itself. Yet what is good in itself glorifies God because it reflects God because it is both true and beautiful. We need to love our work for its own sake, to take it to the outer limits of our current talent and ability, but not beyond, unless taken beyond by the spirit that moves us. And we need to disallow the temptation to use our stories as vehicles for preaching or propagandizing, except insofar as the stories call us to. The artist has his hands full, and does his duty if he attends to his art, O'Connor maintains, he can safely leave evangelizing to the evangelists. She would have us Christians realize that Christian stories are not necessarily about Christians and their concerns, but are simply fiction in which truth as Christians know it has been used as a light to see the world by. I'm not fond of advertising in podcasts, but I'm going to throw a couple of advertisements in here. One, it would be a good idea for those of you who have enjoyed this or any of these broadcasts to um, buy the whole book, "Writing in the Spirit." It's almost free at um, at most bookstores in ebook and not very expensive <laughs> in paperback. Also. Please, for those of you who are Christian writers, consider supporting the uh, possible reopening of the Mount Hermon Writers' Conference, which is just an absolutely amazing place to be for Christian writers. It's in the the, uh, Redwood Forest just outside of Santa Cruz, California, and there is a Kickstarter campaign going to open it up again because the coronavirus stole it from us, essentially. So um, just go to, you know, Google Mount Hermon and, and you'll, you'll find it.